hey, hey, what's up? It's your girl, Oatmeal Brown, JBZ for Sheezy for all my kneesies that know me. (laughs) (laughs) You know I had to come in like that because you know we're back like we never left. And when I say we, that means you know who's in the building. Yee! Oh, girl, yo, Northern California finest. Come on, Oakland, <laughs> Richmond, Vallejo, Sacktown. The professor, Dream, Andrea L. Smith. Bam, 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 bam. What's up, cousin? Here we are. We back again, right? Yes, intellectually hypey. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know, my niece had to teach me how to say that because I I was saying it all wrong. How was you saying it? I don't know. (laughs) I had to keep saying because I was like, teach me how, what is he saying? You know what I mean for sure? You know what I mean for cheesy? That's right. I ain't going to put that on. That's my word. See, I know it now. (laughs) I ain't going to put that on. That's my word. I couldn't get that right for nothing. (laughs) You know, they was looking at me like, uh, like whatever. <laughs> Shoot. Nah, I mean, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Sped up, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. Sped up. <laughs> oh yeah. See, they don't think we be knowing what we be knowing because we be knowing what era we became from, right? <laughs> <laughs> Before the hyphy movement. Before the hyphy movement. Uh, shout out to the hyphy movement. Yes. Shout out to all of the West Side from the north, from up north to down south. You know, we are just all one big vibe. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but I I put it down in Texas as well, too. You know, and my legs is flexing on the slab, coming down. Slow again. Or should I say dang? Coming down, dang, down. <laughs> it's spelled D-I-N-E. So oh, it dang. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always represent that boo too. You know, it's a 360 degrees of separations for us. So it is what it is. Right. That's what it's going to be. Right? Right. We represent yeah. that boo too. That boo. All day, every day. You know, it's a big old, big pot of gumbo. For real. Y'all listeners remember I was born in Dallas, raised in the Yay. My cousin was born in Cali and now lives in Dallas. So we both, right. you know what I mean? We just switched it up. But I was raised <laughs> in Northern California. We was both raised in Northern California for the most right. part. Because you came to you came to Cali when you were what, seven or eight or something like that? Girl, yeah. For the first time when I was eight. And then I lived, I moved here two years later. So technically they can't say I, they say I can't claim Texas, but I still claim Texas. I consider myself a pedestrian. Yes, I'm a transplant. You know, I'll be like, I'm from the gay area by way of Dallas, Texas. Yeah, but see, you don't have a, a Southern accent at all. No, I used to, I used to say, I used to say, I mean, when I first moved here, my cousins was like, why you say over her and over there? Like, I didn't know I said that. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't know yet. You know what I'm saying? We was young. I ain't, you know, you didn't sound funny to me. But when I used to come to Texas on vacation and slide through, they'd be like, you sound, you talk different. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. When I moved to Richmond, they was like, who is you? And I remember being like, who is you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you don't have a Southern drawl or Southern accent. Um, You know, my father, who was born and raised down south in Louisiana, he never, he never lost it. And so everybody would be cracking up. They'd be like, "Why your daddy sound like that? Your daddy talk funny. He funny, you know." And he didn't give a d. That's that southern drawl, right? Yes. I'm, I've caught on a few, you know, to a few words, but for the most part, I'm still, you know, Cali because, I mean, I was born and raised there. Family's still there. I'm just mm-hmm. the only one that moved away, right? <laughs> and, well, and stayed away. And they, stayed away. But you come visit a lot. You come visit I mean, a lot. I ain't got no choice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my roots are in California. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yes. I mean, yeah. it'd be, I mean, I mean, what can I, what can I say? What can I do? Nothing. You yeah. know, but yeah. come home, you know, to where my roots are and taste the air and, you know, get my vibe and, you know, light up and be filled with all that energy that I'm used to, whether Absolutely. it's the smog and all that, all that. <laughs> all of that, all of that. When you coming back? I don't know. We have to talk about that later. I, I don't know. Um, Right now, I'm tired of traveling right now. So uh, I need to sit still and, uh, you know, get some things in order. You know, we always got stuff going. I've always got stuff going on. But, um, you know, I had, uh, you know, moved and I'm still, you know, when you move, you know, that take like, you know, a little bit of time to get adjusted and get situated and all that stuff. And I just got some projects that I need to take care of and. Not to be. Thank you, thank you. So you know, I just been moving and shaking, and um, that's the reason why you know we haven't really had a podcast because we've both been moving and shaking. We have a Ooh. lot of things going on um, yes. outside of you know our media and activities that you know yeah. is under our <laughs> umbrella as well. This was so. a summer travel. Like I, I feel like I was hardly home this summer. Um, like seriously, June, we went to Kemet with the students, July in LA week and a half in Nevada and Tahoe, then the next month, Ghana, and it was just like a whirlwind of in between touchdown leave, touchdown leave, touchdown leave. I can't complain because that's a blessing, right? To be able to be to do all that traveling. But if I'm being honest, it wasn't a restful summer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't restful. So now I'm just trying to like find my way back into uh, this life that we know as higher education as school is about to start and everything is about to roll into play all over again. And we changing seasons from the summer to the fall. So then I got the whole seasonal effectiveness disorder that comes with that, you know, because as the seasons change, the weather changes and outside changes and but we're here. You know, again, I can't complain. Just this is what's been happening now. For sure. You know, we 
I mean, humbly and respectfully, when you have big titles, you know, or, or big, what's the, I'm not going to say big titles because, you know, I'm not really into titles, but I also don't, don't want to downplay myself or anyone else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With what you do, you know, mm-hmm. your achievements and your accomplishments or whatever. It doesn't make you, but it's a part of you. You know, it's what, a part right. of what you do you know, yeah. or living a career or purpose. Right. So, you know, all to say we got some big titles. So that means that, hey. To whom much is given, much is required. Exactly. Yes. But we got to see each other this summer. We did. We At the Grambling Cali picnic and y'all's whole thing. I got to see what that looks like from the outside and the inside. Me cousins that I never met before. Y'all, that's lit. If you never, some of y'all been to the Bayou, but I don't know if you've been to the Grambling Cali picnic. They do it, they do it like family, they do it like community, they bring everybody. And it was lit, it was fun, it was hot. Um, and it was a vibe. Cause when I first saw you that first Friday, you just was tired. But y'all was such a vibe that it was like, hey, hey. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, and because you get a chance to, I mean, not that you people aren't, you're not exposed to black excellence at any other time, but you know, when you're with uh, the HBCU network in community, I mean, that's all that you're surrounded by. Um, and so you don't, you, they don't have on suits, you know, they don't have on uniforms. They're not, um, we're not in our, professional form realm but that's who these people are right but everyone's a professional (laughs) correct whether it's entrepreneurial or you know uh presidents vice presidents deans principals uh you name it project managers doctors lawyers attorneys engineers uh, rocket scientists all that and so you know News station corresponders. Right. You got a chance to hear these conversations and you're like, wow. You yes. know, you sitting at the bar like they talking about being deans and shit. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's refreshing. Correct. But also we kicking it. Big time. Right. Gangsta gangsta came <laughs> on and we all turned up. Everybody knew everybody exactly in that moment. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it was just love and hospitality and yeah. hugs and a good vibe and good energy, right? Yeah. How many years has would you say that's been going on? Um, I think that is the fifth, because it's annual. Okay. And I missed the first two. Okay. And so that is my third one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I missed the first two. Just, you know, not being able to get out there and go. And they, you know, of course, they was always calling me and letting mm-hmm. me know. And they would, come on, Miss California 96. You know, you got to go down here. But, you know, we, when, how it originated, just really, really quickly, just give a quick, um, original, you know, uh, or yes, we, we we here for it. We here for synopsis of how this started. Okay, so you know, when you go away to school, especially when you go out of state or what have you, you know, you you kind of migrate to the people that you you can relate you relate to. 
And so on our campus, we had different clubs, mm-hmm. all right? And so different club, different activities that you could be in. I don't know if they still, I don't think they have the California club anymore, but um, mm-hmm. back then it was, they had Cali club, Texas club, mm-hmm. Louisiana, like New Orleans, Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, East Coast Coalition, just all types of stuff mm-hmm. that you evolved in and active, you know, active in. So with the Cali club, basically, you know, all the California students, they, I mean, it gives you a chance to have a big sister or a big brother. They take mm-hmm. you to the thing. Mm-hmm. You got people that you hang out with um, that got your back. And so it's just a constant evolution of that. So each mm-hmm. year, you know, a set of California students that comes in, this is what you do. You know, same thing right. with the Texas. But we were one of the biggest organizations on campus. Okay. When I got there. So, you know, we were like a, almost a thousand students strong. Wow. And wow. so, so basically, it's some of those people that was in the in the club throughout the years. You know, some of the some of them spearheaded, some of the guys spearheaded um, having a reunion, a cookout, a picnic. Okay. It started okay. out with a picnic, and it evolved into a um, reunion slash cookout. You know, Destiny was in a. Um, she went to Spelman for a year. And they had a Cali club. Okay. And this was about, I guess, like six years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, and they still do the same thing. They still get together and do the same thing. But I don't know if they do it like Grambling does it, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it has definitely, it keeps growing. It's evolving. It's so, it's, I love it. I love mm-hmm. going every year. You know, some of them. I see more than just once a year, whatever, maybe at homecoming or when I come home and some of us get together, whatever. But it's always just, it's, it's, I mean, you saw it. It's really hard to explain. I mean, it's real. It's real in the field. It's the real deal. It's just good to be able to have all these different networks and connections of good people. You know what? I think that you knew 10,000 people. <laughs> swear y'all it was like um so many people that all knew each other and I was just like you know you go to school you know some of the people but they all knew every single each other (laughs) I think that just impressed me the most like this is like 10,000 people and like post-covid some of us still not used to being around that many people and then when you come around and then Every single person knows you. Like my cousin knew every single person, y'all. Like every single person. I'm like, you know, ten thousand people. I started thinking, like, <laughs> how do you keep up with knowing this many people? There you go, putting the fifty on the ten. But I'm not lying. I'm not lying, y'all. Watch her social media page. You will see <laughs> it was ten thousand people, and she knew. She took a picture with five thousand. <laughs> but she. But you know a lot of people, and like that was just like the beauty of, I think, that gets lost in other colleges. I mean, not to say that you don't have that, but it's just different. It's just different to me the way that the relationships have been maintained over the years and just how excited everybody was to see each other, to see how they bring in their children, their smaller children, you know, as, as life goes on. Somebody sat there and was we were in one spot, and somebody sat next to me and said, hello, Dr. Moore. You're, you're blanks, mama. I was like, damn. <laughs> 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 I 
um, and she went to Grambling, I guess, a couple years ago. She had just graduated. So she was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely coming to the Cali picnic. And so just to see that whole generational change, I'm being introduced to cousins that I had never met before. And just just to be a part of the whole culture of community in the way that Black folks do it, unmatched. 10 out of 10. It, it is unmatched. Yes, it is. It is, you know, and we are open and welcoming to others to come in. You know, we invite others in to participate in exactly. and join in and get connected. You know, we give out a, a several um, Black colleges, give out the honorary uh doctorate degrees and things of that nature. Come on, E40. E40 got his, you know, honorary doctorate degree this year. You know, we didn't get a chance. Since we haven't been on doing the podcast, we got to, you know, just give a small snippet on the updates that's been happening. We're going to give it up to E40, 40 Water, you know, straight out of, you know, the yay area, Valley Joe. From Grambling, y'all. And Grambling is one of the top HBCUs that it is. Our family is legacy Grambling. Jackie was actually one who fulfilled the legacy of the family and went to Grambling. My mama went to Grambling. She didn't finish Grambling, but Jackie went to Grambling. We got aunties, cousins, and everybody who went and taught all these things, but that is a legacy school for our family. So we definitely going to give it up and be proud of the fact that you went to Gremlin, not only that, and that they gave E40, who went to Gremlin also, this doctorate degree. That's tight as hell. That's hella yeah. tight. And he got, he has family there too. Uh-huh. You know? So, and, and E40 went to Gremlin and he right. ended up leaving to pursue his, um, you know, his rap career, but he started rapping down there. You know, we yeah, right. shows and stuff. So, it's just, I, I mean, it's just an amazing just experience and just evolution and how you never know how something... Exactly. E-40 was the one of the first people to actually do a collab with Cash Money Records. That's what a lot of people don't know. He was one of the first to go ahead and collab with Lil Wayne and all of them back mm-hmm. in the day. Being, like you said, having gone to Gremlin. Yes. And again, exactly. 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Shout out to hip-hop in general. Yes, and it's it's just a lot of the a lot of the a lot of artists, a lot of people, a lot of celebs or whatever, from professionals to celeb celebrities have southern roots. So right. you know, just because we live and may have been born and raised on the West Coast, it's because our ancestors migrated. You know, they migrated to these big cities and these other places. Great migration, two ways. Right. So, yeah. you know, like, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg, Mississippi, Snoop Dogg and uh, his his dad and stuff was out there at the homecoming a couple of years ago, you know, and, and he from Mississippi, he be down there in Mississippi and Ice Cube exactly. be down there in Louisiana. Like it's, it's <laughs> Southern Roots is a real yeah, thing yeah. with black folks. It's a real sure, thing. Sure. I ask my students sometimes, raise your hand if you got family that's from the South, over 80%. Mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I mean, it's a lot of us, so, you know, you just never know. You just never know, and, and it's always good to to learn about your roots and your background. So even if you didn't go to an HBCU, if you know somebody that did, or if you just, maybe you're intrigued, or maybe you're not intrigued, it's good to just dig a little bit further. Um, don't judge on the surface. Beyonce's dad went to a HBCU. She wanted mm-hmm. to go to a HBCU. She didn't get a chance to. So, you know, that's how that whole um mm-hmm. what, what was it called? The homecoming thing. She mm-hmm. did. 
Yeah, all connected. They used to go practice on TSU's campus out there in H Town. Mm-hmm. They, you know, with the P, you know, PV. Her dad teaches. Exactly. He's teaching some courses as a professor because he's a professor. Right. You know, I met her dad. I mean, it's just things. I that got my not- god baby teach at PV. I got a niece who go to PV. Like we got Southern roots. Cousins is cut. Co- cousins is everywhere, and that was like the commonality. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. So, you know, give it up. We're going to always give it up to the HBCU, HBCU culture, all of the HBCUs, the ones in ATL, the ones on the East Coast, you know, the ones down South, all of them. All of them. Because we're really one big family and we do connect with each other and we do do stuff. We have a network that's just, you know, considered the HBCU network mm-hmm. as well. And then mm-hmm. you got a chance to see the fraternities and sororities. We're both in sororities. And so, yes. you know, you got a chance to see the the um, us that uh, came through at a black school. You know, I got to say. Right, right, right. Um, there is a distinct difference. Yes. And the two, um, if you went to a PWI and, you know, you oh, crossed yeah. in. Um, be way less people through a, a PWI at one time compared yes. to these HBCUs. Yes. I mean, like I mean, two or three. <laughs> Sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> and then it just depends on where you are, what's, who's going to be the dominant of, mm-hmm. uh, members. Yeah. And it's usually, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. Down, it is. especially down south, it's yeah. going to be the deltas and the AKAs. AKAs and yeah. the deltas are always yeah. going to have the most yeah. representation. Yeah. And Shout out then, to SG Row. They called the SG Rows. One girl went over there. <laughs> you know, I'm an SG Row, so I'm not going to run on my sorority, but I was like, dang. One girl. That ain't funny. You know, it's some it's some it's some cool roles out there, SG roles in the Absolutely. world. Absolutely, I'm one of them. You know, some cool Zetas. I mean, it's some cool of everybody. All of you them. Know, we all have mm-hmm. basically the same foundational principles, you know. Mm-hmm. But everybody can't be the same, and who wants to be the same, you know? So that's why you mm-hmm. have different organizations. Absolutely. But Absolutely. they all derived from the first. And finest, which is out okay. Of the so, so do y'all see where this is going? Do y'all see where this is going? They all derived out of the fact that white people wouldn't let us join their organization, so we had to create our own. But who was the first? Who was the first? The females, the first females. Okay. Women, woman, African American sorority. I mean, but where did the white folks get Greek mythology from? Period. Where did they get that from? The Greek people? <laughs> no, no, they absolutely copied off of us. That's hieroglyphics. All, all, it always is going to always be first with the right. black people. Yes, but we have to make to... sure we make that known on this show each and That's every right. time because there's some people out there saying some whack shit. You know, True they that. say y'all want to be and y'all want to be somebody and y'all want to be like the white folks. And Please. it's really stupid that they're ignorant mm-hmm. of the, you know, the history. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, I always have to make that, that clear. That is important, though. Because you're right. People want to make it seem like um, something that is actually not. And what we know is that we watched every other sorority 
or fraternity try and emulate what they see in terms of some of the cultural practices within the divine nine. Like I love to say the divine nine. Like you heard that divine. Yeah. Yeah. Like we we're always taking back what was ours. Come on, I like that. Yeah. So, anyways, good times going on. And, you know, current events that's happening in the world, the positive things. We have Shakari Richardson straight out of Dallas, Texas. Come on, Shakari! World. Ignoring all the white media. To Shakari. Ain't no bandwagon over here. You could go check out the Out the Box Instagram page. See her pinned at the top and see how we was representing for Shakari two years ago and how we gave it up and how we're giving it up to her now because we understand. You know, Mm. when you're fresh and you're new to something, and then what you got going on in your life, you sometimes it takes for you to be humbled. Sometimes it takes for you to test it out first. You know what I mean? And then yeah. have somebody, you know, you have to hit your head a little bit. Yeah. We have to go through certain things that other people don't go through. Like all of that. Yeah. Happens. And we gonna still call it what it is. She experienced racism at the highest level because once that other... Russian um, young lady, they found that she had actually used drugs. She still was allowed to compete. That clearly was another symbol that anything that we do, they try to destroy it, try to tear it down. They vilify us for doing some of the most mundane, simplest things, but when other people do it, they're not treated the same way. I liked and respected the fact that she chose to ignore all Western white media. Mm-hmm. Because they've tried to trip her up before. That's how she got caught up in this mess in the first place. Yes, you know. And yeah. so I am just so proud of her. I mean, you can see the change, the humility, the um, just everything. You know, her sportsmanship. I just loved everything about it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how life is sometimes. Sometimes people don't come in right at the beginning just winning Right. And she's still at the beginning and she's still yeah. winning. Sometimes yeah. it takes a little bit. You got to bump your head a little bit. That's you got to learn. You got to learn a space that you've never been in before. And then when you learn it and you still got the opportunity to excel, boom. Mm-hmm. She and did so, it. I love that. I love the resilience. I love, I love all of that. Yeah. That so we want to give a big shout out to her. Um, and whoever else has got things going on in the world, because we we always have good things going on. If they try to overshadow it um, with the negative, the negativity. But mm-hmm. you know, we have to make sure that we uh, put a spotlight on all the things great. Yes, you know, all the things that God has given, you know, has given us the the strength as we tap in to the source to be mm-hmm. able to push through and do. You know, mm-hmm. and our purpose and our light and the gifts that we have been given. So Absolutely. Absolutely. shout out to all the positivity that's yeah. going on. You know, we got new networks popping up all the time. It's just, you know, people want to look at the the mainstream and feel like, you know, there's not enough um, positivity. And I say bump the mainstream. Right, because mainstream is not gonna let 
they only let make maybe a small piece of the positivity and a big chunk of the negativity when it comes to black culture. Right. But Let's we know right. We know that it's different. We yeah. know, you know, it's eight billion people in the world. And we know there's a lot of us, and we know the people that we're amongst. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, ah, oh, we are yeah. doing it. And it's not that there's no struggle along the way because there's always going to be struggle that comes with, you know, growth and success. It just yeah. is what it is. Yeah. you. We've been talking about HBCUs and just how culturally different that is. I want to give a shout out to Sacramento State for having their first black president, 42-year-old President Luke Wood. Um, man, so we're going from the... The, the the famous celebrities to the people who have just made a difference in their communities like they're doing every single day. Dr. Luke Wood has, you know, really put his foot in higher education in a way that for a PWI or HSI or a PZ um, campus is like, wow. For the first time, we at HBCU, y'all probably always have, you know, black presidents. But we have a black president at a college, at a four-year college for the first time making history, coming through, coming through with his yes. with his Nikes on every Friday, with his different kicks on every Friday. And and just the whole way of like, how do we get to show up as our whole self in education without having to come in with this mask on in ways that we really can't be true to ourselves? So shout out to uh all the way to Shikari, to President Luke Wood. We see y'all and we appreciate y'all. Y'all are inspiring. Yes, yes. And there is a um, African-American woman that is from South Central. Is she from South Central or Compton or where is she from? She's opened a bank. Okay. She's the first proud owner and the very first. She's an Afro-Latina-owned FDIC bank. Okay. As a real estate agent. And she now lives here in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, she's from South Central. And her name is Banesha Poole Watson. Come on. South Central LA's Crenshaw District. Come on, Crenshaw. Yes. So she has made a name for herself. And listen, I, I'm I got to look into what guy might need to go get me one of them loans. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, uh, you said her name was Benacia Poole Watson. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you know, I'm just I just wanted to bring her up because everybody may not be aware, and that's the point. Every you're not going to be aware of all of the great things that are happening. Mm-hmm. because they only mm-hmm. push what to the top and then uh, some of the things that some of the um, some of the blogs or journalists or fake journalists or online journalism or whatever that a lot of us are exposed to if you're on mm-hmm. social media we gotta be 100 they they highlight more celebrity stuff and they highlight a lot of bull crap you know right, right. in people's business or made up shit or whatever versus right. a lot of the positivity. And I'm not saying right. that I put some positivity in there, you know, because yeah. one of my sorors who's uh over the Jasmine brand, I mean mm-hmm. you kinda kinda got you gotta give up you gotta give She's all so of your, Yeah, your audience, you know, 
she's dope. Mm-hmm. You know, her and mm-hmm. uh, Angela Yee are really good friends, and they uh, do a lot of stuff. They bought some building somewhere um, and restoring it for is it domestic violence victims or mm. I don't know it's something you guys gotta look it up because mm-hmm. it's out there but all to say I added that in there people are doing big things yeah every purpose day work. purpose work purpose um, work right they're using you know their avenues to to make money and then they're pouring mm-hmm. it back in some of it back into the community to continue to help you know and mm-hmm. so we can all do that. You know, we're we're here with the podcast. We're pouring back into, you know, those that are listening. We try yes. to give you, you know, different perspectives on yeah. different topics and situations of life and mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And just letting you be in the know with what we know. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's some good stuff going on. Yeah. You know, we missed a couple of the past events. Like okay. we, missed, we missed the Essence Festival. Essence Festival. You know, y'all, we were supposed to go. Actually, me and cousin was supposed to be there, but cousin made an executive decision and life was moving too fast and it was not going to be financially worth a two-day excursion for us. So um, we missed it. But it yeah. was celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Yeah, it would. we could have did it. But... Yeah. It was running too close it to was. to uh, intellectually high fees travel yeah. and me moving. It moving. Yeah, so <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the finances. It was no. stuff. It was an executive yeah. decision of we. This this ain't gonna work. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, so, we wouldn't be able to chill the way we wanted to have relaxed and enjoyed it. Right. Right. So. You know, but I did watch it on Hulu because Hulu did a live stream. And so I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. I plugged in, tuned in when I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what to talk about um, Jill Scott and her amazing performance. Yes. And her addressing the community about the propaganda and how it's manipulating and brainwashing, you know, Come on. I'm going to say us, but it's not brainwashing us that can see it, you know, but mm-hmm. those that are participating or may not notice what's happening, you know, and it influences, it influences some adults. It influences the younger generation for sure. And of mm-hmm. course, we're making a blanket general statement because not everybody, right. you know, yeah. can see it, but it's a mass amount because we see it and we hear it. And so, um, you know, she made a statement. I, I hear your music over there about, um, you know, the niggas and the bitches and, um, you know, how we, now I say, I'm saying we, because I'm speaking in general, I'm speaking as a culture, how okay. some of us use the word um, bitch as a good word. Term. Okay. People may use it as a term of endearment. People right. use it in a negative way, and people mm-hmm. also use it as okay. I'm a like she said. I'm a bad bitch. I'm a rich bitch. I'm a pretty bitch, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And basically mm-hmm. saying that we got to stop saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was like, "Where's our sisters?" You know, she yeah. said, "Where are my sisters at?" 
and it might have offended some, but it shouldn't. She didn't say that to offend. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it comes off as a comparison or a better than. You know what I mean? Than your yeah. other. Yeah. Who? I mean, you don't have to put the beat on the front. You can still be rich. You can still be wealthy. You can still be pretty. Um, whatever, without the bitch on the front. You know. So she's just basically saying you don't have to say that. And once it's went because it's repeated over and over and That's over right. again, you know, people are normalizing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um it it can be an issue. It can definitely be an issue. It, and we know that, right? And it was so interesting to see like the divisive arguments that came out of this conversation of her just saying like, y'all, it's oversaturated. Are we not more than just just bees? Right. And then people wanted to just use that to to critique her, to talk bad about her, to talk bad about older women and like just to create more division. But what was interesting is the song that she sang, the national anthem of Home of the Slave, her remix to that. Right. She spoke so much truth to power that instead of focusing on that, the media does what it typically does and was like, everybody, focus on a thing that's going to keep y'all fighting and distracted of really focusing on what y'all should be focusing on and fight each other and just fight each other and just fight each other instead of pointing that she really just made a political statement when she re-sung that song in the way that she sung that song. And her as a woman, like, we cannot ignore the fact that we are living in the times where let's just call everything it like is yeah, everything it's degenerative y'all are really trying to tear us down and only focus on certain aspects make it seem all we are is this one thing when we're so much more than that but if you can just say like oh we're this one thing and that's all that you hear about all the time then that narrative gets pushed that we are just this one and only thing um, right. But who was at the heart of that conversation? Yet again, is black women. Yes, yes, and you know, India Ire spoke something about, um, um, you know, the um, the re- the representation because Meg the Stallion closed out the Essence Festival, and you know, she was very vulgar. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she has vulgar lyrics mm-hmm. or what have you, and you know, she's the twerk queen. So, mm-hmm. of course, there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a it's a family event. Exactly. And, you know, there was the argument of, well, they knew who they were inviting. They knew, you know, what she was about. There's the argument of um, being able to express who you are and all your femininity and whatever that is um, without being policed. There mm-hmm. was the argument of, hey, you know, you could come, but you can't make it. Parental guidance <laughs> is, you know, you can't, you can't cut, take the cuss words out, you know, mm-hmm. because we've had mm-hmm. functions where, you know, people mm-hmm. have come and have mm-hmm. performed and they don't do the cuss word version. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you can have dancers, but do your dancers have to, you know, show they pussy lips and booty cheeks? You know, like, do you really have to? So I think it's a matter of, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you, all of those are um, good 
arguments. All of them are right. All of them are val. All of them are part of hip hop, right? Women, when we get in the front of like owning our own sexuality to this extent, it's interesting because um, <laughs> Snoop was like, "Hey, you shouldn't be out here saying these things. It's your jewel." But he got songs out here that's talking about drip your pee, pussy drip, all, all of these things. But when a woman is actually doing it, then it's like, wait a minute. Now now we can read it and now we can see it differently. But it is all a part of hip hop. It is all a part of the conversation. I think the critique comes in, in for me is that if that's all that we are getting in the industry, and if that's all that we're telling our young artists, you got to be like that if you really want to be seen. There's so much more depth to us as a people and as women, and that gets lost in the hip hop industry. It's it's unfortunate, but it has yeah, been infected. Yeah, so the whole the whole you know music entertainment industry um, has been about you know sexualizing women. You know, this not it's not something that is you know new. Right. But what has happened within the hip hop culture or rap culture, because there's that argument of them saying that some of them are just rappers and not really true hip hop artists, mm-hmm. um, that they're cloned, like they clone mm-hmm. Tyrone. Clone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then embracing your sexuality, what that means, it doesn't mean you have to be naked. doesn't mean you have to pop your booty. doesn't mean that you have to be vulgar and degenerate. That, that Embracing your sexuality doesn't mean you have to do that. You can embrace your sexuality with your husband. You can embrace your sexuality fully clothed, you know? And so then that's where we get into whole culture, you know? What is whole culture? Because that's what I called it. You know, I was telling you about, I had posted on a page, Chakra, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chakra something, bars or Chakra something. bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had posted a interview or a, a young man who was talking about Sukiana and Sukiana was in London or England or somewhere like that. And she was being vulgar and degenerate mm-hmm. and saying something like, she want to get her coochie stretched or smacked Jesus. or snatched or something like that and eat a ninja's butt. But she didn't say butt. She said ass. And she, mm-hmm. you know, and she, and she didn't say ninja. She said, mm-hmm. you know what she said. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. kept saying that very loudly. Mm-hmm. Well, some felt like, oh, she could be, she could say what she wants to say. She just because she's around those, you know, European people, she shouldn't have to dummy down who she is. Mm. Right. And then, you know, the man in the video was, you know, he was just saying that she was a representation of black women. And, Mm. you know, we should be mad about that. And it's a part, it's a bad part, looks uh, makes us look bad and it's black culture. And so mm. that triggered me mm-hmm. because it's not black culture. Right. It's whole, it's whole culture. And that's okay. what I said. I said, this is not black culture. It's whole culture. And whole mm. culture is not specific to one race. Very true. Right. And so, yes, it's whole culture. And if those of you who don't know what whole culture is, well, there is such thing as a whole, a whore, 
Um, and they have a specific uniform that they've had before we were all born, okay? There was a hoe in the Bible. Her name was Rahab, all right? And she, you, in order to, she made herself distinctive. Even where she lived, it was distinct. So you would know where the hoe was, okay? Oh. All right. And so, you know, we saw hoes on the whole stroll growing up. You can go out on Figueroa, you can go out on Northwest Highway or whatever street it is, uh, um, Stockton Boulevard, where, it, where your, your city is, there's mm -hmm. a stroll, there's a whole stroll. On the whole stroll, they are dressed a certain way. Mm -hmm. They are very revealing, okay? They talk a certain way <laughs> and they say what they want and they, they have a, it's that's their culture, all right? Mm. Just like there was a culture that came from um, prison of sagging your pants, of what it meant when you sagged your pants, all right? And so just like that was taken and the young men started to sag their pants, they took something from something else, just like uh, the B word, just like the word nigga or whatever, and they flipped it to be a part of urban culture, right? But mind you, there's still men out there that that know that that is the sign of, you know, I guess you can get this booty. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You got to do a little bit more research on it. So when you walk, and here we go, it's a different, it's a, what is it? When men, between men and women, when a double standard, double standard. So whole culture is exactly as the hoes conduct themselves, okay? Mm. You you got to pay. They, they want to, you know, get down with the get down, and this is how they look. They have a skirt and uniform. So, the... But why are women hoes, though? This, that, this is the thing. If you look the part. Mm -hmm. Not saying that you are, but if you look the part and talk the part, you're no matter what you say or try to do, you're going to be thrown in that category. Let's keep it 100. Okay? Yes, but I think we, just that not. Past that. we still got to push past that and, and go to think about the out the box. Why are women actually having to go onto the streets to sell their vaginas in the first place. Right. But again, we're going into why the whole culture is so sensationalized. Uh, sensationalized and looks like, you know, the, the rappers and, you know, the female rappers and all and whomever. And now they have influenced the younger generation, you know, and some old some older people too. They be outside with their booty cheeks out, all the way out in front of your husbands, your sons, your grandpas, your uncles, or what have you. You mm -hmm. know, men can't help themselves to not look and see. Some of them can, but they're triggered and they're made, you know, their makeup is to be, you know, attracted to the female. Women are looking too. Right. And so, right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. But you're giving it for free. No matter mm -hmm. if you're saying this is expressing my freedom, you're still showing it for free. And everybody's not that deep. 
you know, everyone is not out there just, I'm just expressing my sexuality and feminine femininity. These, a lot of these young girls ain't saying that. They're copying off what they see on the surface. So yeah, you have to do well, Yeah, uh, I, think, I think there is a lot of overlap in between the conversations. Um, obviously, we always got to look at the root of why would a woman have to be a whore or a hoe, as you said in the first place. Why is she selling? Some people are typically, historically, women ain't choosing to sell sex. They're in positions economically where they feel like that's that's an opportunity they have because they don't have any others. But I think that's a separate conversation from, like you said, we're in a time period where where characteristics of what we may consider one who is careless <laughs> um, with how they're representing themselves is creating a degenerative impact on our younger people, and they can't they can't tell the difference between you know, I want to be sexually liberated versus how is this going to impact the choices I make in the relationships I get into and how I see my body and the different the ways that I want to represent myself. There's It's being masked and, 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 and hidden, but at the same time cloaked in the conversation of we are sexually free and we're sexually liberated. While I can understand all sides of the conversation, I cannot ignore the fact that... Um, Feeling the pressures of looking only one way and putting your body on display and um, and and wanting to be someone who thinks it's cool to talk about the color of your vagina and the color of your asshole leads to a degenerative society as a whole. Right. I, I can't pretend like it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's trendy, it's fun. Oh, we having a great time, but where does it stop? Where, where, what are the impacts? What are the social impacts that we are seeing? Because it doesn't just get left in the club. It don't get just left on the dance floor. It transfers into other aspects of our life. And that's the part that I think people like Jill Scott and others are really trying to bring attention to is like, it doesn't just get left on the song, y'all. It don't get just left in the dance on the stage. It right. transfers into other aspects of our life that really has actually been detrimental to our esteem, how we see ourselves, who we choose to be with, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah and society, you know, because when I said that in that, uh, on that particular blog or what have you, I didn't uh, do that to become viral or nothing like that. I, I don't be even thinking about shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that comp, my comment, my response went viral. Okay. And there were yeah. several people that said, thank you for saying that queen. Thank you, mm -hmm. sister. Thank you, big mm -hmm. sister. Well, I don't even know. I don't know where they from, who they are. And they was like, yeah. it is whole culture. You know, you got young ladies. I'm like, yeah, that's that whole shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the responses. Unfortunately, right? Unpopular opinion, right? Like, it's like, right. if you say anything that's going to say, hey, you should check yourself, then it's going to be like, yeah. boo, get you off the stage. Like, you are old. You suck. You're bitter. You're a hater. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Let's shut them up quick. But we got to pay attention to why was um, Sukiyana's comment like in the news, in the press. Why was that even a big story headline? We dealing with bricks. We dealing with these disasters all over the place. But why is it that whenever it comes to us, again, black women at the heart, we are still the most disrespected. And unfortunately, people use those as reasons to disrespect us. And the ladies first uh, celebration of hip hop Netflix documentary, um, just because Meg the Stallion talks about, you know, her her body and she twerks, people use that as an excuse to minimize her respect as a person, her respect as a black woman, 
Um, and what we've seen time and time again with black folks is like, you can be killed on camera and still need a co-signer. You can be shot on camera and still need a co-signer. Right. But she's also, it's that's to me there, you're not tearing down a person who is choosing to use themselves as a vessel. And this is what you're choosing to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because she can very well, she, she has a college degree. She can Mm -hmm. very well go in that you know, down that career path. I mean, she got her degree, but that's her choice. Yeah. And you have to realize what comes with that. Yeah. You know, so I don't, she's, I mean, yeah, there is instances where people are getting tore down. Don't, don't get it twisted. I understand that. But then in the same, the same light, how you're representing yourself. Because yeah, you, might be an inter- you might be an entertainer, but this is how you choose to entertain. Right. And you, and you, if you try to entertain and it's provocative and over-sexualized, that comes with the territory. Yeah, people aren't going to respect you if you were a woman, but if you were a man, they will. Yeah, because the double standards, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't say that it's talking down on a woman, but at the same time, we don't know if God is a man or a woman, right? So... The respectability. We have some speculations. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't throw that out there. You know, there's a trinity. So, um, you know, the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, it is what it is when, even when I see, if if I go to the grocery store, you know, and I've talked to several people and they just talk about it, married couples, you know, and they be like, man, don't go to that Walmart. They was like, it's a mess. You know, they're not talking down on these young girls, but they look like trash, okay? Because they look like the hoes on the whole stroke. Because it's become a clone. Mm. So when you, when you watch they clone Tyrone, it's not about uh, a cloning of a, a physical person like we're operating and we're cloning. No, it's about brainwashing. Mm-hmm. It's about this is what we're going to put in the community. Mm-hmm. It talks mm-hmm. about music, food, the pimps, the hoes, the drug dealers, the killers. And it's real. It's not fake. It's real. And all they, all they keep doing is recycling. And there's Tyrones, there's pimps, there's hoes, there's everybody in every urban community. So in that movie, that's why people, you have to watch it a couple of times. They was like, Tyrone saw himself on the news getting killed. So they were in a different parts of, of the, of the, you know, not world, but maybe they were down South when it first started, or maybe they were in the Midwest. And then at the end, Tyrone is in on the West Coast watching himself on the news. Mm-hmm. People, you know, you have to understand what it meant. It's because it's Tyrone's everywhere, and each Tyrone was killing the other Tyrone. It took the community to see what was going on and stand up to try to stop the shit. That's what it was all about. But it was saying how they put stuff in the food. Which you is know, true. how the, the beats, the music, how it's hypnotizing, how they're saying, you know, if you keep hearing somebody say, this bitch want to be like me, this bitch want to be like me, these bitches want to be like me, 
guess what? You, now you got all these females talking about, the bitches want to be like me. But all of y'all look the same. Like, how is y'all saying this? And everybody looks the same. Yeah. Producing okay. a, mass, a massive of robots uh, right. group thing. Right. People aren't thinking I'm gonna get themselves. the goons. I got goons. I'm going to get the goons. I got goons. I'm going to get the goons. I'm going to put money. I'm going to put something on your head. If everyone's saying this, then you influence those who are listening to you who lack depth to think that they need to get their goons or they got goons or that's how they're going to attack their own brother and sister within the black community. Right, which again pulls back to the narrative of it seems to be an intentional degenerative message <laughs> for, right. against against black people yet again and we're the ones see that to me those types of messages are always going to be the most um powerful for the most vulnerable communities and i feel like black people we are an extremely vulnerable community so it's easy for us to be the ones that get taken advantage of these conversations on both sides and fall into a place where we just still end up being divided against each other so my whole thing is like yes we could argue that these women are hoes, but also we got to still leave space for like, let's, let's look at the root of whole culture. We can't just leave that out the conversation. And we do have to look at patriarchy and we do have to look at the ways in which we are consuming mass popular culture and turn it into robots and have no self identity. And it is removing us from knowledge of self. But what is the bigger picture? Like what is really happening here? Are we paying attention? Right. Are we even aware? Paying attention. And then they want the people that speak, they want to silence the people that speak the truth or, you know, um, cancel. Yes. You know, just like, you know, they're trying to cancel Ice Cube. You know, they want to say he voted for Trump. He didn't vote for Trump. He didn't vote for even, he don't even vote. Okay. He was just trying to, to put something out there to start something to make something happen, you know, through his connections. And, Then they want to tear him down, talking about, oh, the dude that helped fund the big three. Uh, he's a Trump supporter or he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what? There's no it's way. Rewrite history. It's it's a it's an intentional rewriting of the history because we know Ice Cube to have written so many songs to also created the translate into the movie world. The movie industry put so many people on, comedians on, et cetera, et cetera. So how can we destroy his credibility yet again? Right, but it's 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 the people in our community that lack depth that are saying these things. And it's always us though. It's right. always us that you attack us. Where else are he gonna get the money from if you know maybe the brothers and sisters within the community didn't have enough money or couldn't rally up to help, you know, or maybe they didn't want to be on board. So guess what? He got the money from somebody that saw the vision. All right. And guess what? He's been going through those channels and going through a lot of stuff, but he's been able to be successful, but he's still dealing with, you know, whatever he has to deal with behind the scenes with this being now a black professional sports team. Yeah, I just feel like it's the Sports league who is giving opportunity again for people to make money and to be active. You know what I'm saying? From, you know, the whole production needs a staff plus you have the players so it's a big thing yeah i think we we get caught up a lot in like again these separatist arguments which i understand why so many of us want to be separatists 
But that's really like if you get to the essence of God, y'all, we all connected in some form of fashion. And so. But why tear this man down when you're not understanding that no group of uh, ethnicity works on their own? We're all interconnected. Facts. I just think it's part of the parasitical culture of the of the machine. And so many people are so afraid to go against and speak against and not be conformed to and, you know, follow suit with what the machine is saying that we just keep turning off the clones. No, they're just, they're not, they're not, they're sleep. And I'm not trying to say I'm extra woke either, but there's no way I'm going to tear down someone when I understand certain logistics of how we all um, operate in this world as far as I don't know a black person that um, owns oil or gas or electricity. Um, you know, I don't know any that make vehicles. So we're going to have to all work together. You know, the the, the Asian community, the uh, African-American community, the Hispanic community, we're all intertwined because each culture brings something to the table. It's not just the white people ain't make all this shit. They stole shit. And so, right. And so now where why see us is like our money doesn't stay in our community. It goes out. They Mm -hmm. create for us and they make money off of us. Okay. You go in the beauty supply store. I went in the beauty supply store, one of the biggest ones. And it's just astonishing. Every time I walk in there, I shake my head, but I love it. Why? Mm. Because it's like it's it's like a it's a big old grocery store type beauty supply. Anything you want is in there. It has all that you need. Yes. It has all that it's you all need. That you need. About who owns it and who's able to profit off of it. Right. Even the music that's playing is old school R and B. I'm mm. singing the whole time up I'm up in there. Mm-hmm. All right. But guess who's in there working? at all the different stations with the exception of the cast register. Mm. They got a wig station in the back. I mean, Mm. it's it's everything. So what I'm saying is I'm not against us. We are like I've always said the we are what it takes to, you know, make everything happen. We invent a lot. We buy a lot. So they keep us in this cycle, okay? And make you think that you can't get out of it. You Mm. can get out of the hood cycle. You definitely can get out of it. We've made it out of it. There are certain certain things that we still do that's a part of the urban community in the Black culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But as far as, you know, I don't have to to duck and dodge bullets or, you know, just a certain, <laughs> certain, certain things and survival skills that we may have to had to endure to get through the hood or the projects or the ghetto, wherever you're from, be a part of the urban community. If you didn't live or grow up somewhere where, um, the resources weren't necessarily all there, you know, we had mm-hmm. to make it happen and make do with what you had. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we're going to wrap it up because we can keep going. We're going to come back. We are on break. We just had a season where we were off and we're going to come back. 
but we wanted to tap in to let you guys know that we're still here. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to go over a few things. We wanted to highlight, enlighten you, you know, bounce some stuff off each other, let y'all know where we are, know that we haven't quit. We just have other things that we are also involved in that um, are successful. And sometimes when, you know, there are things that we've prayed for in the past and they've, they've happened for us in our lives. And so we're just trying to make it happen. And we know we're just two women with two opinions and we, we know y'all could care less, but we just also like to offer another, another voice. Um, I guess not just to be another talking head, but to, you see, we don't even necessarily agree, but just for y'all to continuously think on your own and not, and not fall into what everybody is saying, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind constantly. Right. And it, we don't have to agree, especially mm -hmm. when there is truth right. in each perspective. You know what I mean? There was nothing that you or I said that was wrong because there's so many different ways. There's so many different um, reasons. There's so many Reason. different facts mm -hmm. and they all matter. Every last one of them. And I think that's where the disconnect is in the world. Everybody's arguing or divisive, but it's like, yeah. hey, you got to look at the big picture. Like, yep, that's correct. Yeah. That could be correct. Just depending upon this because it's situational. Yeah. It's and then how do you get along with people who don't think just like you, who don't have the same exact same opinion like you, right? Like if you can only be friends with people who think just like you, talk just like you, move just like you, then we're all going to be stagnant. Where are we going right. to grow? No growth. And that's yeah. why it's important. I'm not even saying it's important, but I'm in several different networks, right? I learn in different networks. Maybe I'm the person that's bringing, you know, the voice of mm -hmm. reason. I'm not always the person that's talking. I'm, mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm the person that's listening and the person that's learning. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're able to come to this platform to be able to, you know, share wisdom and the things that we know. So mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, any podcast that you listen to, um, you're either listening because you relating or you learn, or if you don't like it, then you don't listen. So mm -hmm. I'm not going, I'm not going to water us down like Dr. Andrea L. Smith did. I'm going to say we got We have a word and we have a good word and it helps somebody, you know, it's not all about, you don't have to have a million listeners. You may have a thousand listeners and out of those thousand listeners, you know, you help a hundred. Something you said enlightened them and opened their mind up to see it a way that they didn't see it. And then they go and they research and they be like, man, I'm glad, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I was able to, I like them because that's what they spark us to do. Yeah. It's a lot of talking heads. A lot of people be saying a lot of shenanigans and that's why I have to pull away from social media sometimes. I'll be like, Y'all don't know what the hell y'all talking about. Because they don't. They be yeah, on surface. Yeah, sometimes they be on surface stuff. Soon as something come out, they jump on it, and then they jump on the side. I'm like, y'all don't even know these people. Shut up. Did you even think about this part? But I don't even say nothing. I said, you know what I can do? Log out. Right. Because right. <laughs> it's, it's parasitic. Research shows that if you're, if we spend more than three hours on social media, it leads, the research says it's a very high percentage rate of what leads to depression. And that's even with our little kids. 
If they spend more than two to three hours a day, the chance of them experiencing depression is almost more than 50% chances. And so if that's happening to little kids, you know what's happening to the adults. And we're just saying in the world where everybody got something to say, so do we. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we're judged too. Mm-hmm. You know, we choose not to share everything that we do, right? And then when we do share, then people be like, oh, you trying to, some people might be like, oh, you trying to stunt. Or, oh, you didn't invite me. First of all, we don't care like that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it just gives like, it give off so many different what have yous, you know? Yeah. So, you just make a choice to use it how you want to use it. Yeah. Everybody uses it different. So, you can't judge and say that everybody is using it in the same capacity because we don't. Not. Right. And we thankful that y'all actually even listen. Right. <laughs> and, and follow the podcast page. We we run that page like a radio station. Okay. It's it's we run it like we're project managers. All right. We got another person that is a part of running it. So I'm not always on it. Uh Dr. Smith isn't, you know. <laughs> so you gotta understand that it's about information, positive information, you know, laughter. Um, his the little history, you know. We uh, we have some spirituality, you know. We love God, so all of that is going to be incorporated in there, like programming. Mm-hmm. So um, we just thank you for being a part of the out the box community, and we appreciate your support. We thank you for always looking for it, and we're gonna come back just like when school starts. We starting back to right. Right. So until then, protect your peace, protect your energy, because there's a lot, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on out there. So, you know, just continue to pour your stuff, self pour into yourself with that, which is good. That's what's going to make you better. You know, try to eat better as much as you can, get some exercise as much as you can, you know, meditate, you know, detox, get everything off of you, you know, mm-hmm. laying down with a toxic ass dude. You need to detox that off too, because you're going to carry that until you do. And vice versa, you know, you laying down with a toxic chick, guess what? You know what I'm saying? All of that, all of that matters. Everything that we're, we put into our body and we're connected to, you got to make sure you pour in good stuff. Yeah. Constantly. We should be constantly detoxing our mind, our life, our spirits, you know, so our soul will be full and whole. Yeah. That's true. And that's it. So peace, love, and soul. Until next time, we out. Meow. Peace.